If you have your Bibles, if you please turn in them to your Old Testaments to Micah chapter 5. Yes, Micah is a book in the Bible. If you start in Matthew and then hang left, you'll find the Minor Prophets. And Micah is located about the middle of the Minor Prophets after Jonah. Micah chapter 5, we're on our third Sunday of Advent in our sermon series, The Prophecy of Christmas. And This morning, we will look at Christmas in Bethlehem in Micah chapter 5, verse 2. This is God's holy, authoritative, inerrant word to us this morning. But you, O Bethlehem of who are too little to be among the clans of Judah, from you shall come forth for me one who is to be ruler in Israel, whose coming forth is from old, from ancient days. Let's pray. Our God and our Father, we need you, Holy Spirit, to help us, to teach us, to illumine our minds and our hearts. We pray that you would take this truth, this truth about the gospel, this truth about your son, this truth about Christmas, and would you lay it on our hearts, we pray in Jesus' name, amen. Have you ever thought about where famous people are from? Think about that. Where do, where do famous people come from? Where are they born? It's it's always surprising to me and interesting to learn about where our most well-known people of this earth are, are, are born, where they're, where they're from, because most of them weren't born into the spotlight. <laughs> they weren't born in, under a TV camera, per se. For instance, I'm from a little town in Mississippi called Meridian, Mississippi, and so most people know where that is because you stop to eat or go to the bathroom there, and that's about it. <laughs> but that little town has some interesting history about it. It's actually considered the birthplace of country music. Jimmy Rogers, who's considered the father of country music, was born in Meridian, Mississippi. So there you go. I'm more country than you thought I was. Uh, the actress Celia Ward, she's from Meridian, Mississippi, graduated high school with my mother. Uh, many of you who are musicians know about PV Electronics, Hartley PV, and the home base of PV Electronics is in Meridian, Mississippi. Uh, interesting just to learn about where these little, what these little towns mean and who's from there. But what about the most famous person of all time, our Lord Jesus Christ, our Savior, where is, where is he from? And does it even matter where he's from? Well, yes. Yes, it does. According to Micah chapter 5, verse 2, our scripture this morning, it matters immensely. And so here we find ourselves in the third Sunday of Advent looking at different Old Testament scriptures that tell us about the prophecy of Christmas, and we find ourselves this morning in Micah chapter 5, verse 2. But you need to know a little bit about Micah so we don't just read this verse and move on. Micah 
was a minor prophet to Judah, the southern kingdom. Last week we had talked about that in the point of turmoil and disarray in the kingdom, uh, God's kingdom, the nation of Israel, had split into two kingdoms, a northern kingdom and a southern kingdom, and in the south was Judah. And Micah was also a contemporary of Isaiah, so he prophesied to God's people during the same time that Isaiah did. And his job was to prepare the people for the coming judgment and by exile that was going to happen to God's people because of their sin. But during that message of judgment, Micah also, as the prophets do, wanted to proclaim a message of hope to God's people. And that message of hope is that even though they would be judged, God would restore his people. And so the prophetic background of Micah chapter 5 is that a king would come, a king from the line of David to fulfill the great messianic promise made to King David that a coming Messiah would come and rule on his throne forever. And the Messiah would establish a worldwide kingdom and would bring peace on earth and blessings to all of God's covenant people. This was the message of hope for God's people who were in great danger and who were being oppressed by enemies all around them. And so in Micah chapter 5 verse 1, just a verse here before our scripture passage, we read that the ruler of Israel will be struck on the cheek with a rod. This is the scripture's way of telling us that this was the last straw. Israel was going to be destroyed. The nation of God was going to be in utter ruins, and they would not be able to resist the power of the enemies coming to attack them. They were going to be defeated. At this point, they, they were defeated. All hope was lost for Israel and for Judah. That is where we find ourselves in Micah chapter 5. We sometimes get to this point in life as well. We feel that defeated. We feel hopeless. We feel powerless. We feel like we can't go on. And isn't that exactly when God loves to work best? Isn't that exactly where his grace and his love and his mercy enters into our lives and enters into his covenant people's lives? For when we are weak, he is strong. When there is no hope, hope arises. And that is the hope that we find in Micah chapter 5 verse 2. Hope is arising. Christmas hope. And so Micah 5 verse 2 has more good news, more Christmas hope for us. And so let us examine this morning this promise about Bethlehem. And let's examine this promise about the one from Bethlehem. First, Christmas, the Christmas promise about Bethlehem. Micah says, But you, O Bethlehem of Raphah, who are too little to be among the clans of Judah. Think about Bethlehem for a minute. What kind of ethereal thoughts and images 
come to your mind when we just say the word Bethlehem? Bethlehem. Why, why do we get nostalgic? <laughs> why does that town make us smile when we hear it said? Because it's Christmas. And the first Christmas was in Bethlehem. And we love Christmas. <laughs> Christmas is fun. Christmas is hope. Christmas is celebration. And it all started at a little town called Bethlehem. A little town just about five or six miles south of Jerusalem. Bethlehem was very small in ancient days. These days, modern days, it's a little bigger because as you can imagine it became a tourist attraction being the birthplace of our Lord. But during ancient times, it was a somewhat meaningless little community. It was small. It was not Jerusalem. So saying that you were from Bethlehem is like me saying, I'm from Brownsboro. <laughs> Where's Brownsboro? It's over the other side of the mountain. I don't know. That's my address. But even though it was small, it has great meaning in the scriptures. But it was small. It wasn't even large enough to be named among the cities that were allotted to Judah in Joshua chapter 15. You remember in Joshua, his job was to go and to conquer, to take the promised land. And Judah was going to, the tribe of Judah was going to have their allotment of all these great cities. And Bethlehem was within their allotment, but it wasn't even named among the clans of Judah, we read here in Micah chapter 5, verse 2. But even though Bethlehem is a small and seemingly insignificant town, again, the scriptures have a lot to teach us about Bethlehem. The first time that Bethlehem is mentioned is in Genesis chapter 35. It is where the burial place of Jacob's wife, Rachel, would be. So that's the first time that Bethlehem arises on the scene in the scriptures. Bethlehem is also the, the setting where that great romantic biblical story of Ruth would take place. All of that would take place in Bethlehem, Ruth and Boaz. And why was that important? Because Ruth would be the great, great, great grandmother of King David. The promise whom the Messiah would come and who, one who would sit on his throne forever would be through David. So we find that story out beginning here in, with Ruth. And of course, Bethlehem is most well known in the Old Testament because it's where the prophet Samuel went to anoint David to be the successor of King Saul. So coincidentally this morning, if you join us for adult Sunday school, we will be studying and reading 1 Samuel chapter 16. And in that chapter, we're going to read about Samuel going to David to anoint him in Bethlehem. So we'll go a little deeper here about Bethlehem this morning in Sunday school. But Bethlehem was a very small town among the many towns of Judah. <clears throat> this little town was probably more like a, a community than it was necessarily a functioning and working town. But James Montgomery Boyce says, and yet the history of Bethlehem was to become even greater. 
For it was out of Bethlehem that he who was to be the divine and everlasting ruler over Israel would come. So even though Bethlehem was too little to be among the clans of Judah, this symbolizes a theme that is common to the ways of the Lord our God. For our God is prone to choose the small, to choose the insignificant, to choose the lowly, to choose the, the, the ragtag, to choose the unnoticed as very significant instruments through which he displays the brightest flashes of his glory. Doesn't he do that? Doesn't he go to Bethlehem? Doesn't he go to the, to the, to the weakest brother, to David? Isn't Jesus born in the, in the meekest and lowliest place imaginable of feeding trough? God uses all of these lowly, seemingly insignificant instruments as ways to magnify his glory. O little town of Bethlehem, we sing, is where the holy child is born. A child that was born so that man no more made by die. Turn in your Bibles to Matthew chapter 2. It's important for us to relate this back to the Christmas story, what's going on here in Micah. It was in Bethlehem that the wise men were told that the king of the Jews would be born. It was Bethlehem that the promised Messiah, the one who would sit on David's throne forever, would be born. And so Matthew records this for us in Matthew chapter 2, verses 1 through 6. Now, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king, behold, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we saw his star when it rose and have come to worship him. When Herod the king heard this, he was troubled, and all Jerusalem with him. And assembling all the chief priests and scribes of the people, he inquired of them, where the Christ was to be born. And they told him, because they told him this, because it was very common. It was there in the scriptures. It was promised by the Lord God. They told him that Jesus would be born in Bethlehem of Judea. And so it is written by the prophet. And you, O Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah, for from you shall come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. Almost an exact quote. Micah chapter 5, verse 2. It was in Bethlehem that the Lord Jesus was to be born. How could we deny that he is Christ the Lord, that he is the Son of God? He was born exactly where God the Father said he would be born. And so that is Bethlehem. But least we bring too much glory to Bethlehem, we must bring glory to the one who was born in Bethlehem. Because not only do we see a great promise that the promised Messiah would be born in Bethlehem, but we see that he would be the ruler in Israel. Micah chapter 5 verse 2 says, At this time in the life of Israel, the people of God in Judah, the house and the line of David was in shambles. 
There was seemingly no descendant of David ruling and reigning righteously in the nation because it was an utter ruling, ruins. There was no identifiable king. Again, all had seemed hopeless. And now, a prophecy, a word of hope was spoken through Micah that a ruler would be born in Bethlehem. And this was a great an important word of hope and restoration. And this was the hope, that gospel hope, that God's people would hold on to. And that is why now the Apostle Paul stated in Galatians chapter 4, when the fullness of time had come, God sent his son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those who were under the law, so that we might receive adoption as sons. And he was born in Bethlehem, just like God had promised. God's promise will not fail. God's promises do not fade away, no matter what. God had promised a Savior. A ruler would be born, and he was born in the exact place that God had promised. In Bethlehem. And the one born in Bethlehem is the eternal Son of God, and therefore, He is the absolute ruler of all. Micah states in verse 2 that His rule is of old, His rule is from ancient days. What does this mean? Yes, Jesus was born human, He was born fully human in the flesh. He was more than likely a baby crying in a manger with diapers. But he was also fully God. Fully man and fully God. This is the mystery of the incarnation. And being fully God, Micah would say that his origins are from old, from ancient days. And this was not the first time this prophecy would come about as God's people, that one who would be born who was from of old. Listen to Daniel chapter 7 to his prophecy, what he saw. He says, I saw in the night visions, and behold, with the clouds of heaven, there came one like a son of man. And he came to the ancient of days and was presented before him. And to him was given dominion and glory and a kingdom that all peoples and nations and languages should serve him. His dominion is an everlasting dominion which shall not pass away, and his kingdom one that shall not be destroyed. This is the one who is from old, the one who is the ruler from ancient days, the Lord Jesus. Isaiah also prophesies about these same truths that Micah says, where we famously read in Isaiah chapter 9, for to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government shall be on his shoulder. And his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. And of the increase of his government and of peace there will be no end. On the throne of David and over his kingdom, to establish it and to uphold it with justice and with righteousness from this time forth and forevermore. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will do this. This is the one who is to be born 
in Bethlehem. He is the everlasting, mighty God, Prince of Peace, the ruler of the Ancient of Days. This one from Bethlehem, though, he's not only ruler because he is the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, the everlasting God, but he is the ruler of all because of what this baby born would do. This baby who was born would be the one who would die on the cross, who would save mankind from their sins, who was born so that man no more may die. Jesus was born to die. He was born so that we would live. He was born to deliver his people from their sin. Jesus is the ruler. He is the Lord of all because he died for us because of what he accomplished on the cross. The pastor and theologian Dale Ralph Davis said this, in this oracle here in Micah chapter 5, in this oracle we find exactly what we need for Christmas. An ancient, defiant, unbreakable promise. Here in Micah's prophecy, that's what we find. The thing that we need the most for Christmas, a promise. A promise that a Savior would be born in Bethlehem. Jesus came to Bethlehem, not to Rome, not to New York City, not even to Jerusalem. And though he was a child, he was a king, the king. And this shows us that God is in charge, that he fulfills his promises, that Christmas would come first to Bethlehem. So the question this morning for you is not was the one in Bethlehem a great ruler, because yes, he was, but is he your ruler? Is the child who was born a king, is he your king, have you bowed your knee and worshipped Jesus, the Savior, as the King? That is what Christmas in Bethlehem is about. We come to worship the one who is the King of kings, the Lord of lords, the Savior of the world. Let's pray. Father, help us not to just look at these Christmas promises and go, oh, that's neat. Father, help us to look at these Christmas promises and wonder and marvel at what you have done. We thank you that through Jesus Christ, your son being born, that you have completed the greatest rescue operation the world has ever seen. And the most important rescue operation that could ever be accomplished. And you did that for us. So we come this morning, Lord, simply to praise you and to thank you that Jesus was born and that he died and that he saved us from our sins. We praise you and we thank you for that in his name. Amen.